this is Trash Talk Minipod for a Wednesday night, October the 20th, 2021, and I'm your host, Donald Wayne. And that's a little purple haze. That's not the Jimi Hendrix version, <laughs> as you can probably tell. But it's it's by The Cure. I've used it a few times on... Uh, tries talk and and some mini pods i actually like it for an intro but <laughs> just trying something different ma just trying something different okay thanks for tuning in to this episode of mini pod where my conservative viewpoints are likely to be evident regardless of the subject matter however i am one of those conservatives that does not try to tell you how to live your life Likewise, unless I am using an article from online source, the comments expressed on this show are my opinion and in no way are intended to tell you how to think or act or conduct yourself in today's world. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, just a little disclaimer. Sometimes it helps to know that actually... People, what your, whoops, my uh, headphones cutting out there. Uh, the people that you're listening to aren't actually everything is not intended to be fact, uh, especially with podcasts today. I mean, there's a lot of opinions floating around, folks. But what we try to do with Trice Talk and Minipod is just, you know, present some information to you that you may not have heard in other places, although. Many times, you know, it is stuff that's the airwaves are saturated and Twitter's just full of people with opinions and, and commenting on things. But sometimes we get lucky and we come across stuff that maybe you haven't heard that much about. And, you know, one thing that I've noticed and in, in, in watching Twitter uh, the last few days, especially since uh, I did the... Uh, part one episode the other night is I don't see a lot of people talking about this stuff on Twitter. And what I'm talking about is this $3.5 trillion uh, reconciliation human infrastructure, if you will, bill that the Democrats have been fighting over for the last several weeks, which they thought, I guess, that they were going to push it through after the Republicans kind of uh, gave them some bipartisan support and, and supported that $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill, but they're not doing anything with it because the progressives are waiting for the follow-up. And, and they told everybody what they were going to do. So is it any surprise that we're sitting here where we are today? But there's just not a lot of chatter about it. And I, I don't know. I mean, as as things start to come out about what's in this in, in that three point five trillion dollar human infrastructure bill, it's insane. So much of it doesn't have anything to do with infrastructure. It doesn't have anything to do with much of anything fixing anything in this country except rewarding specific groups or segments of the society. Most of which are people who support. Democrats. Isn't that special? They want everybody to pay for it, but it's only going to go to support a portion of the, uh, uh, of the uh, electorate, I guess you will, in the country. But anyway, voters, uh, something like that. So the other night, I think, uh, let's see, it was Monday night, I I uh, presented the part one of the uh, human infrastructure bill. And the, the total thing that this article that I got off of, uh, uh, first saw it on Huckabee, Huckabee's newsletter. Uh, and it's 42 items. Yeah, 42 items in total that this particular article was uh, talking about or making bullet points about 42 things, and that's that's just a tip of the iceberg, folks, but 42 things that are in that infrastructure, human infrastructure bill that we should be concerned about. 
So I shared the first 21 with you on Monday night. And then I, I said, I'll do part two within the next couple of days. But these items are from a list prepared by Republican study committee chairman, Jim Banks. Now that's if you didn't listen to part one on Monday night, um, he titled his report and he's, he, he wrote this report or he and his staff wrote this report to present it to the Republican study committee. And he titled this uh, report to this committee, Policies to Wreck America. So like I said, the other night, uh, Monday night, I did 1 through 21. So tonight I'm going to pick back up where I left off with item 22. And item 22, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on than some of the others because, well, one, it has Nancy, it has Nancy's, Nancy's, Nancy's. <laughs> It has Nancy Pelosi's tag on it, which right there is a flag, right? So while I hate to get sidetracked on this very first item, I, I think it's important that you know a little bit about this first item. And so item 22 includes pork for Nancy Pelosi's. $200 million is earmarked for the Presidio Trust and Speaker Nancy Pelosi's congressional district. And that's uh, like, like I did the other night. I'm going to give you the page numbers of these that are referenced in this article. So supposedly you can go to these pages. Uh, you can Google the, the bill online. And uh, I was able to Google it uh, about a month ago. I started looking at, I was mainly concerned with the voter uh, registration portions of the bill. But you can Google it, and I'll give you these page numbers, and you should be able to pull up that bill and then go to these specific pages, and then you can read the items in the bill and see if you agree with this, uh, with uh, the Republican Study Committee Chairman Jim Banks' opinion about some of these things. I mean, he's basically giving you just a little tidbit of what the bill is about, but then he's also obviously uh, commenting on it as well, uh, some more longer comments than others. So this particular one is page 933 in that human infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion. Um, like I said, it includes pork for Nancy Pelosi, and because this is her district. Now, like I said, I hate to get sidetracked on this very first item, but I think it's important that that uh, you know a little bit about the Presidio Trust. I mean, because when I read that, did you even understand what it was about? I know I didn't when I first read it, or you may not even care. But here's I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little bit about the Presidio Trust, and maybe that'll tell you why you should care that the Democrats put two hundred million dollars in this infrastructure bill, human infrastructure bill for the Presidio Trust. Um, and if nothing else, you should be suspect because it has something to do with Nancy Pelosi in that it's in her voting district. Uh, so to help with this, I Googled Presidio Trust and went to their own website. You can Google Presidio Trust and go to their own website. You know, when I, I saw the word Presidio, I, I remember there was a movie uh, with Sean Connery in it called, I think it was called The Presidio, if I'm not mistaken. And that was really the only only thing I recognize about that word. But here's the skinny from their own webpage about the Presidio Trust. And I'm going to read you verbatim on this just so I don't leave anything out. It's not that long. Saving and sharing an American landmark. That's the first thing that it says on the, uh, the introductory page. In partnership with the National Park Service and the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy and at no cost to taxpayers, the Presidio Trust brings alive the unique, historic, natural, and rec recreational asset of the Presidio for the inspiration, education, health, and enjoyment of all people. 
I'm assuming that would be all people that either live in San Francisco or California or in a neighboring state close enough to travel there. The Presidio of San Francisco is managed by two federal agencies in partnership. 300 acres along the coast are managed by the National Park Service, while the rest of the Presidio, which is 1,191 acres, uh, almost looked like a typo here, but I, I believe it's 1,191 acres, is managed by the Presidio Trust. Both agencies work in close collaboration with the Golden Gate National Parks Conservancy, a nonprofit organization that provides indispensable philanthropic and programmatic support. Okay, that's what it said. The Presidio Trust is an unusual federal agency. In our founding bipartisan legislation, Presidio Trust Act, the trust was charged with operating the park without taxpayer support. Now, hang on to that thought because it's already in contradiction to item number 22 in the bill. Funds earned through leasing homes and workspaces and operating hotels, a golf course, and venues are used for park management and upkeep. Over the past two decades, the trust and our partners have converted this former military post into a welcoming national park site in an urban area. Presidio is home to a large community of residents and tenants and offers unique recreation, hospitality, and educational opportunities to people throughout the San Francisco Bay Area and the world. Yes, indeed. Clicking around on the site, I discovered that six board members are appointed by the President of the United States to sit on this uh, trust. A seventh member is, the, is supposed to be the U.S. Secretary of the Interior, or they can designate somebody to serve on the board if they want. Board members serve at a set term and then are either reappointed or replaced by whomever is president when their term expires. In 2015, now this is just extra stuff that I found out. In 2015, the trust had 368 employees. According to federalplay.org, federal pay, well, it should be federal play, right? According to federalplay.org, I said it again, federal pay. All right, I'll leave it there, .org. With an average pay, base salary, plus a bonus of $93,751. So the uh, $93,000 average pay for 368 employees, that's not bad, folks. Not bad at all. Uh, I think the payroll here, uh, I'm missing a notation, but I believe the complete payroll for all of those people was $34.5 million in 2015. That's a lot of money for 368 employees. The only thing that I can find out about board member compensation, uh, there was very vague about that, except there was one indication that the compensation was about $36,000 per person. I assume that to be annually. Now, going through the who's who of people on the board, uh, it looks like some of these people have made a career out of being on boards because they're on several different boards. So obviously, you know, they have other sources of income. The trust total assets increased by $29.1 million for a total of $698.5 million at the end of physical year 2020. And I believe the federal government or government associated entities, uh, I believe they close out in September of each year. Um, at least I, I saw something on the news the other day, which leads me to believe that. But anyway, so uh, their a assets increased almost 30 million last year for a total of 698.5 million dollars 
for the end of fiscal year 2020. Liabilities increased by 13.1 million, ending at 295.2 million for the fiscal year 2020. Compared to 282.1 million at the end of fiscal year 2019. So their liabilities increased a little bit last year, uh, but so did their total assets. All right, so moving on down a financial statement, it states while trust operating revenue is sufficient to cover current operating expenses, trust operating revenues alone are not sufficient to fund ongoing replacement of assets and additional capital projects. Now, I'm not an accountant, but if you have assets of $698.5 million and liabilities of only $295.2 million, I would say you're in a pretty good situation. I would ju- I'm just taking a wild stab at that. But again, I'm not an accountant. So why do the Democrats include $200 million in spending in their gigantic human infrastructure bill to give to this trust in Nancy Pelosi's home district of San Francisco. $200 million to uh, an entity that uh, is apparently by my calculations in the, um, it's in the black by gosh, almost $400 million roughly something like that anyway and why are the democrats wanting to give this money taxpayer payer money no less when by their own definition the presidio trust is set up to be run without taxpayer support so is this not taxpayer support if you put 200 million in there and it also said at the beginning that this is a a community that has homeowners and hotels and and various things uh you know uh i'm assuming that that are privately owned or i don't know if they lease these homes or whatever to live in the presidio uh it's a very long document so i didn't get into the whole thing but i was just mainly interested in what is the presidio trust and why are we giving it money and why is it in nancy pelosi's district so The two biggest things for me are one that Nancy Pelosi's involved. Number two is the fact that by its own definition and and its its very first webpage introduction to the Presidio Trust, it says that it was uh, originally designed. Thank you so much, Google Chrome. It's originally designed to run without taxpayer support. And now we have Nancy Pelosi the leader of the house pushing to give money, this money to those very people, that very trust. It's just something wrong with that folks. Just you, you can't not think that there's something wrong with that. And the fact is there's no discussion with anybody. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for people like this particular, uh, gentleman, uh, what did I say? Um, I've already forgotten his name, Jim Banks. Thank you very much. Um, Bringing it up, I don't know that we would know that much about these things. I mean, I've seen some websites or certain pundits that have been talking about a few aspects of the bill, maybe four or five bullet things, but this this is 42 that we need to be concerned about. And yeah, maybe 200 million in comparison to the 3.5 trillion is not a huge thing, but it shouldn't be going to these people by its own definition. All right, number 23, increases energy dependence on OPEC, Russia, and China. The bill prohibits several mineral and energy withdrawals, page 979 of the bill. It overturns provisions included in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that authorized energy production in the Arctic that will result in 130,000 Americans losing their jobs and 
$440 billion in lost federal revenue. So they're costing themselves $440 billion, according to this uh, research. Uh, that's on page 983 of the bill. And the mineral withdrawals it prohibits would ironically include minerals necessary for renewable energy resource, uh, sources. And those are on pages 934, 940, and 943. All right, moving along, speed it up a little bit. Item number 24, exacerbates, exacerbates, thank you very much for that word, uh, the chip shortage. The bill would mandate the conversion of the entire federal vehicle fleet from internal combustion engines to electric engines at a time when there is a global microchip shortage and crippled supply chains. That's on page 1043. Wouldn't you like to be the salesman? If you're a car salesman or, or maybe several car salesmen, wouldn't you like to be the guy that, or, or woman or whatever negotiated that deal we're going to replace the entire federal vehicle fleet in this country with electric cars oh my gosh that person would never have to work again all right number 25 democrats feckless China bill is included. Concepts from the insanely weak Endless Frontier Act included, including $11 billion in research funding that will likely result in American intelligence property going to China. That's on page 1079 and 1081. Number 26, Chase's Green Energy Pipe Dreams. $264 million to the EPA to conduct research with left-wing environmental justice groups on how to transition away from fossil fuels. Page 1063. I mean, really? We're going to spend $264 million to some left-wing environmental groups to study this, this uh, you know, and, and, and make recommendations. It's, it's insane how much money we spend on consultants in this country and then so many times they get it wrong or what we spend the money on, we find out, oh, that's not a very uh, good idea. We, we probably can't pull that off. And all that money's down the drain. But it supports their friends. And many times these left-wing crazy ass groups that want to do things that just aren't feasible in this country, at least at this time in our history. Number 27 fixes racist roads and bridges adds a nearly 4 billion slush fund that would help left wing grassroots organizations that among other things want to tear down and rebuild or otherwise alter infrastructure deemed racist page one, 1,183, folks. You've got to go look this son of a bitch up. Page 1,183 fixes racist roads and bridges. <laughs> I mean, can a road or a bridge be racist? Now, maybe there's a road sign that names it after a Confederate general. Maybe there's Robert E. Lee Boulevard or Robert E. Lee Causeway or Robert E. Lee Bridge or Stonewall Jackson's uh, inter interchange or something like that. That you know, so change a damn sign if if, if that's what it takes. But four billion dollars to spend as they want to do what? You know, I think it's criminal. Number one, to have a bill so vague that it, that it earmarks this kind of money, but it doesn't give you any guidelines about how it's going to be used. Now, there may be some stuff in, on page 
1183 that kind of explains this a little bit better. But I would say, based on uh, history, even with Congress, period, it's not all about Democrats, folks. I've said this a number of times, and it's, it's approaching a hundred times or more. When I rant and rave about Congress, many times I'm including some a lot of crooked Republicans in my rants. But right now we're focusing on the Democrats because they're the ones that are pushing this crap. Number 28, punishes red states for failing to adopt Green New Deal provisions. Mandates consequences. We're going to punish. We're going to put it in a freaking bill. We're going to punish somebody for conservative states that don't meet the radical left's green climate standards, while at the same time adding nearly $4 billion for community climate incentive grants for cooperating states. So we're earmarking more money for states that you like, do what you want you, them to do. As it says, cooperating states, community climate incentive grants. Don't you know how much of this money is going to be pissed away by politicians and will never actually go towards doing the things that they say they want to do with these bills. And we're supposed to trust them to do these things and use this money wisely. How many times in our past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, for those of you that have been around that long, have they actually used money wisely in Washington, D.C.? Joe Biden has already pissed away more money uh, in his first 10 months of office than probably the last three or four presidents. Now, I don't have any figures to back that up. I'm just guessing in my head, calculating, if you will. So go to page 1,179 and look at that provision where it mandates consequences for conservative states. All right. Number 29 includes new massive bankrupting entitlement. The new paid leave entitlement would mandate workers get 12 weeks of paid leave and would cost $500 billion over 10 years, according to the CBO. That's the Congressional Budget Office, if you are not uh, savvy on that. You can find this information on page 1,245. It would apply to those making up to half a million dollars a year. So if you're making a $500,000 a year or $400,000 a year, you're going to get 12, according to this bill, you'll get, you're, you're eligible to get up to 12 weeks paid leave based on your salary. Oh my gosh. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't have enough time to spend on that particular thing. That's a pet peeve for me, the 12 weeks paid leave. And I don't understand whether that, if, if there's vacation time separate of that, is there sick leave that's counted separately from that? So, you know, there's there's some things about this I'm not quite sure about. And I know there's different feelings and emotions about that. I may try to take that up with uh, a guest host one night, see if um, see if somebody wants to call me on the carpet on that and see if uh, I can find some common ground. But I have a few problems with that. Not completely, not with everybody, but at least it's the way that I read it. All right, number 30 advances a totalitarian and paternalistic view of the federal government, including grants for organizations to treat individuals suffering from loneliness and social isolation. Now, they did not, I don't believe they gave a page number for that particular item, so um, I'll have to go back and see if I missed it. I, I may have it here, but I don't know that I can read it in this light. Let's see. That's number, oh my gosh, number 30. No, he didn't give us a page number on that. So, you know, that may be 
maybe an expansion of his opinion about that particular item. But we, we already know, by the way, Joe Biden and, and his cohorts have been acting this year and the Democrats uh, feeding frenzy in the House and, and the Senate. We know that they would like for everybody in this country to look to the federal government for everything. Them be the, the do-all and end-all for everything in this country. So they have total control of every aspect of your life, like they like to say, from cradle to grave. All right, number 31, further detaches individuals from employment and more reliant on government handouts. The bill spends $835 billion on welfare through manipulating the tax code, not including the expansions of Obamacare subsidies. And that's on page 1943, 1943. Check that one out. Number 32, tax benefits for the top 1%. Okay, uh, Biden and, and uh, Amy Klobuchar and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they all stand up there and talk about how they're going to stick it to the rich in this country to pay for all this crap they want to do, right? So number 32, tax benefits for the top 1%. What tax benefits? I mean, I thought we were going to stick it to them. The bill would possibly lift the SALT deduction, S-A-L-T deduction cap, meaning many of the top 1% wealthiest Americans would pay less in taxes. Uh, They don't give a page number on that either, so I don't know how credible that is or if that's just an opinion. But it does say we'll possibly lift the SALT deduction. Item number 33, tax credit for wealthy donors who give to woke universities. The bill creates a new tax credit program that gives tax credits worth 40% of cash contribution that are made to university research programs. And that's on page 2094 of the bill. Now, if you think about it, all right, here, here's another benefit for the wealthy. If you think about it, probably most of the people that give large sums of money to universities for various reasons are probably wealthy. I mean, I'm sure other people, you know, donate what they can to their alma mater, but um I would say, and I'm going out on a limb here, that a, a majority of the uh, the uh, donations made to universities for various programs and research uh, programs are made by the wealthiest people in the country, and maybe even around the world. So they can get a tax credit worth 40% of the cash contribution that they make. That's a lot of tax credit in many cases, folks. So how's that sticking it to the rich? Hmm. Number 34, expands worst parts of Obamacare. Well, if you like Obamacare, if you were a big fan of the original Obamacare, this one probably won't matter to you. But Obamacare's job-killing employer mandate will become more severe by adjusting the definition of affordable coverage to mean coverage that costs no more than 8.5% of income rather than the current law's 9.5% of income. That's on page 2041 of the bill. Number 35 increases taxes on Americans at every income level. Two trillion in tax hikes will fall on those making under $400,000 per year contrary to what the White House says. Individuals at all income levels will be affected. And this is from the Ways and Means GOP. No page number for that, so that could be an opinion as well. And I'm just saying. (laughs) Number 36, lowers wages for working families. How do you say they do that? They've just been raising the minimum wage, right? Up to $15 an hour. The corporate tax rate will increase by 5.5%, meaning American companies will face one of the highest tax burdens in the world. 
According to analysis, two-thirds of this tax hike will fall on lower middle income taxpayers. That's on page 2110. Number 37, penalizes marriage. The bill would permanently double the EITC's marriage penalty on childless worker benefits. Earned income tax credits marriage penalty on childless worker benefits. Okay, that's on page 2036. You can check that one out for yourself. He doesn't say much about it. Number 38, imposes crushing taxes on small businesses, guts the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, small business deductions that reduce pass-through entity taxes to keep them comparable to taxes imposed on corporations. Page 2235, as well as hammer small businesses that file as individual tax earners with the 39.6% rate. That's on page 2,221. And Obamacare's 3.8% tax on net investment income. Number 39, crushes family businesses and farms. The bill would impose a 25% capital gains rate page 2226, and makes alterations to the death tax, including cutting the death tax exemption in half, page 2240. All right, I got to stop there for a second. I would say most people that work for a living in this country all of their life have paid taxes. You pay taxes on just about every damn thing you buy in your life. I know here in Georgia, you know, the, the, this thing about buying automobiles, uh, they made a change two, three years ago, maybe four years ago now. Uh, used to, uh, your tag would be prorated every year. You'd be assessed a tax on whatever vehicle you buy, whether it's new or used, uh, and it'd be taxed on a percentage of that value. And they did not make you pay it all at one time. They just, each year, they would charge you a percentage of that, uh, add that to your tag bill, and you would pay that for several years until it's completely paid off. Now, the only vehicle I've ever completely paid off uh, is my truck, and I've had it almost 20 years now. Um, But the tag for that truck, it's a 2003 Every year when I renew my tag, I'm still paying a portion of that original tax uh, on the purchase of that vehicle from 2023. So what Georgia did, I think maybe four years ago, now they charge you the whole thing up front. So when you go to purchase a vehicle before you can get your first tag, you've got to pay that, that tax all in one lump sum, which a lot of people, if they don't have the extra money, they have to roll it into the uh, cost of the loan, which you're paying on that. So it's, it's uh, the tax thing. And what, what really, what really drives me nuts. And I don't, I don't understand why they do it other than it's just a good source of income for them. But how in the world can you tax people who die and you tax the stuff that you leave to the survivors and the family? Now you can say, well, that's a benefit to them. And, and especially with rich families, you know, they give their, their, their family lots, lots of money and lots of property and so forth. But taxes have already been paid on these things, okay? Throughout life, they've already been paid. So why should somebody who, who gets the benefit of them being willed to them or given to them upon somebody's death, why should they turn around and have to pay tax on it again? It's bullshit. It's, I don't know how many countries in the world tax stuff when people die, but it's embarrassing that you would do that just because it's a source of income for the government. Why should, why should that be? So that one pisses me off. All of these do really, but that one bugs me more than others, as you can tell. Um, and I, I make one more point about that because it, it mentions farms in here because a lot of times, 
you know, when people die, when parents die or the sole surviving parent dies and they try to give the farm to, uh, you know, their son, daughter, or whoever, uh, a lot of times maybe it's that the tax bill is higher than, than the, the people who inherit it can afford to pay. And then they end up having to sell, sell the property, sell the farm, you know, uh, to get out of the tax or to pay the tax, or they have to go out and get a loan if they can, if the property is worth it. And then they got to pay on that loan. It's, it's, it's totally insane. People pay on, pay the federal government and the state government and local governments, all of their income earning life and to turn around and have to pay on something that you've already paid taxes on all your life, or just because you're giving it to somebody else in your family, that's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Number 40 violates Americans financial privacy. Now this one's been uh, gotten so much controversy. This one's probably going to change, but we don't know whether it's going to change, you know, really change or if it's just smoke and mirrors. $80 billion slush fund to hire an estimated 87,000 IRS agents, more government workers. Oh boy. And we're going to, the taxpayers are going to pay $80 billion. So the IRS can hire 87,000 employees to look at your financial transactions so they can turn around and make sure they're getting, they're sucking all the money out of you that they can. So we're paying the federal government so they can monitor us more closely. (laughs) But the IRS wants to, to hire all these agents to carry out the Biden administration's plan to review every account above a $600 balance or with more than $600 worth of transactions in a year. Now, um, I heard on the news, I believe yesterday that Nancy Pelosi is looking, uh, she's, she's okay with raising it up to $10,000, but come on folks, that's still going to put, uh, low income, middle income people on the hook anyway. So it's really not doing anything, but they're trying to make it sound like it's going to be doing something. This particular item has gotten, uh, like I said, it's gotten so much attention that it may, maybe it'll get wiped out altogether. But regardless of whatever amount the Democrats say they want to take it to, it should not be allowed in this country. Number 41, increase out-of-pocket costs for those who rely on prescription drugs. The bill repeals the Trump era rebate rule, <clears throat> excuse me, which passes through rebates directly to consumers at the point of sale. That's on page 2465. Um, I don't really get a lot of prescription drugs. Thank goodness. Praise the Lord. Uh, but I think, you know, there are you know, rebates and things. I have seen people have been standing in line, seeing people, uh, get rebates, even coupons to, um, to get discounts on drugs. And, uh, I didn't necessarily realize that was a Trump era rebate rule, but, uh, those rebates should go directly to the consumers and no one else. Number 43 at the last one, aren't you glad? Imports policies from countries with socialized medicine. Oh, did I give you the page number of that bill for the uh, out-of-pocket costs? That's page 2,465, if I did not say that. All right, 42, imports policies from countries with socialized medicine. The bill includes health care policies imported from systems in Australia, which they're a total mess right now, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, and the United Kingdom. Well, we know the the healthcare system in Canada is messed up, and we know the healthcare system in the United Kingdom is messed up. I didn't know Japan was a mess, but 
Anyway, all countries that have government-run healthcare systems, and we want to we want to copy some policies from these people, and that's found on page two thousand three hundred and forty-nine. All right, he writes a conclusion to his report. Each of these 42 bullets is enough to vote against the bill. Taken together, it's mind-blowingly corrupt. We need to loudly oppose it. Democrats are scattered. The Biden agenda is in question. It's the perfect opportunity to build public sentiment against this bill. The American people need us to be the vanguard against the left's radical plans. It's not an understatement to say this bill, if passed, will fundamentally change our country forever. Americans will wake up in a few years and wonder what happened to their freedom. We can't let that happen. All right. That's the 42 items. Um, If you did not catch the ones from Monday night, I encourage you to go back to episode 280 and uh, go through those and and see if there's some issues that you feel you should be concerned about. But again, this was from Republican Study Committee Chairman Jim Banks. All right, uh, let's see, what have I got here? Now, um, I think, what I want to do here, I've been trying to give away a copy of uh, Mark Levin's book, American Marxism. And um, what I want to do is give you an opportunity to win one of those books here. And all you have to do is send me an email, and I'll give you the address in just a moment, and comment on any one of these 42 items. You can comment on just the ones that I gave you tonight. Give me your opinion, your impression about any one of these or more than one if you feel so inclined and send me an email and just tell me, hey, item number 33, that really gets my goat. Item number uh, 27, that one is ridiculous. That That should be illegal. But just if you'll send me an email and comment on how many ever one of these items you want. I will take take the best email out of the group and uh, send you, you can win a copy of um, Mark Levin's new book. That is, if you still read, I know a lot of people read stuff online now, uh, and a lot of people don't read books anymore, but I would encourage you to read this book because I think it's very important in this in, in the climate we're in in this country right now, if we don't get busy and push back harder, and I know there's a lot of good people that are pushing back in uh, various areas of these things in this country. But think about it, folks. The Democrats had this, uh, I think it's 2,500-page bill that they were trying to pass quickly without sharing with the country what was in it. Basically, they wanted to try to get it done, and and then we would slowly find out what they were doing with all this money over periods of time. Now, what I've said before is I think it should be a law that anytime before they vote on a bill, when they write a bill in Congress, then there should be a two- or three-week period where they're required to put all of the items that are included in that bill out for public viewing uh, from whatever whatever social media uh, avenue they want, uh, or maybe it should be in, in different publications. But it needs to be required that it needs to be given as a public notice so everybody of voting age in this country has an opportunity to see what they're about to vote on. And then they can contact their uh, congressman, congresswoman, senator, and let them know how they feel about these items. The way it is now with 2,500 pages, and these 42 items are just, just a tip of the iceberg. 
we, the American public, need to know what's in these bills. There's no way. And we send these people to, to Congress, we vote for them, put them in office to work in our best interest. And I, w- I would challenge anybody, any, any American citizen that cares about the health and well-being of this country and is not just some lazy ass good for nothing that sits on their butt and wants the government to send them checks every month. And they're okay with that. Those people will probably love the whole bill, but I'm talking about people like you and I that have to get out there and work for everything that we have, anything that we want or want to do for our families. We have to work for if I don't work for it, I don't get it. I can't give it. We're the ones that need to know what are in these bills. So we can tell the people that we send to Washington, D.C. how we want them to vote on that. And the other thing I'd like to see happen, and I've said this before and I'll keep saying it, it should be a law that they cannot have this many items in one single bill. I personally think everything should be voted on individually. Every bill, if this was only 42 items in this bill now, Each one of these 42 items should be a separate bill. Everybody should be able to vote on each one of these things individually. But they don't do that because they want to ram through stuff like that $200 million from Nancy Pelosi's Presidio Trust. It's not hers. I I was thinking I would find out that she was on the board, but it's not hers, but it's in her voting district. But that way, those kind of things wouldn't happen because people would know about it, number one. And number two, people would be more inclined to vote against stuff like that. That is pork. That is not important to the people in Georgia. It's not important to the people in Florida. It's not important to the pe- anybody on the East Coast in middle America. It probably doesn't matter to anybody that doesn't touch the state of California. Yet the American taxpayers in whole are being expected to pay $200 million for the Presidio Trust, which is not supposed to have taxpayer money used to keep it running anyway. So see, I won't say it's an illegal thing, but it's something that if it were put out there for public discussion, I guarantee you it would be much harder for them to justify it. So the very fact that they cram all this stuff in there, folks, is an indication that they think that we're fools and and we're just going to uh, trust that they're going to do the right thing. And then they keep a bunch of people happy by giving them free shit. And you know, they're going to be happy and they think that's enough. And then they cram all the other stuff in there. We've got to stop that way of governing in this country, unless you just want to give it all away. But I, but I I will say this and other people have said it. If they continue down this road and they continue spending all of this money and trying to give all this money away to people and, and having less incentives for people to be productive in this country and work, even though they say they want to create jobs, well, you know, yeah, they want to create 97,000 IRS jobs. And what have I said before? Government jobs do not cre- create wealth in this country. They do for the individuals that work for the government. But they don't create any wealth in this country. Nothing, nothing that is beneficial to the economy itself. It's just a bunch of bureaucrats overseers, if you will, and then everybody that works under them. And we know that government is good about, they have to have a number, you know, they have to have four people to accomplish what one person accomplishes in the real world out there in private business. It's a, it's a known fact. I've seen it, but it's a known fact. So we should be upset. Anyway, what was I saying a minute ago? Okay. So if you'll comment, if you'll just, all you got to do is send me an email 
And I'll, I'll tell you where the email needs to go. It needs to go to tricetalk69pts at gmail.com. Send that email to uh, tricetalk69pts at gmail.com and comment on as many of these items that I've given you as you would like. And... Um, with multiple emails, I'll pick out the ones that is is the most, um, you know, and I don't have to agree with what you're saying on there either. So get that, make sure I, I make that point to you. So I'm not just going to look for people that I agree with. I just want to look for an email that is uh, well thought out and, and, an on, and I feel like it's an honest opinion about something, constructive criticism, if you will. So that's all you need to do. And you can get a copy of this Mark Levin's new book, American Marxism. Best email. All right. Uh, let's see. Anything else I'm missing here? I'm uh, going to have an important announcement uh, on the last podcast of this month, which I don't have a date for it yet since I'm not doing as many as I was uh, at the beginning of the month, I've kind of cut back. So, but I, I will let you know ahead of time, but I'm going to have an important announcement and I may be doing it as a live uh, show that particular night. And actually I'm trying to do uh, two or three live shows real soon. It's just, I don't have, uh, I can't put it on the calendar yet. Um, I got I'm trying to get a couple of guests and so forth for the show. So that uh, stay tuned for uh, some important updates about Trice Talk. Now we've mentioned before in the past that we uh, we were going to be moving off of Podbeam. Now we'll keep posting shows on Podbeam, but we're going to be moving off of Podbeam. Uh, Trice Talk will be moving to another venue. Uh, to do the show, but we'll continue to post shows on Podbeam just because a lot of people go there to look for our show. All right. I think that is all I have. Let's see if I got any other notes for anything I need to say. Um, encourage emails. All right. So that's about it. Uh, I'll probably do, let's see, tomorrow night's Thursday. I'll probably do a show Friday night and possibly a live show on Friday night. We'll see. But um, so until next time, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to push a button there and just went blank for a second. Uh, until next time, I'm Donald Wayne. This has been Tristock Minipod. Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>